When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, Kevin is down bad for picks of Padme, so we're going to discuss Temptation. And welcome to The Lost Cantina, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes behind our favorite Star Wars universe. I'm Jaden. And I'm Kevin. Welcome, everyone. This is probably, I think this is the first episode of The Lost Cantina. Yes, after years of us begging, pleading, and crying, and scheming, especially scheming, for our <laughs> own uh, Star Wars-related podcast, we finally got it. We did it, baby. We won. The war is over. We did it by, uh, <laughs> not by destroying what we hate, but by saving what we love. There you go. And that is the only sequel thing I will mention the rest of my life. <laughs> well, today on the show, we are going to talk about the concept of temptation, right? And we're going to talk about um, kind of how Star Wars uses temptation as a story element. It's a huge story element. In Star Wars, and we're not just talking about TV shows or movies. We're talking video games and books, and like all throughout Star Wars, temptation is a huge story element for its heroes and for its villains, and it works every time. It's a constant thing that just we keep coming back to, and keep getting drawn back in, and it and it's really, it's a it's like a staple of Star Wars. Absolutely, I mean. How many times do you think that in the writer's room there go, is it tempta- It's temptation, yeah, yeah. It, it's always temptation. So this episode, we're going to talk about temptation, and we're going to talk about the, some, some of the dynamics of it, different types of temptation, and how Star Wars will tempt, if you will, Jedi and Sith. Uh, light and dark users uh, together. We're, we're going to talk about how a couple of them, we're going to give examples, we're going to pick a couple of uh, characters, prominent characters you most likely will know about, um, and then we'll have a little bit of a discussion afterwards, kind of asking some questions about it, and kind of how we feel about this story element. But before we do that, we have a little bit of housekeeping we have to take care of. We love to hear from our listeners, so please email us at thelostcantinapod at gmail.com with your thoughts and episode ideas. You might see them in a future episode. Our teams also stream weekly on Twitch, so be sure to follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lore underscore party. And of course, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at The Lost Cantina. 
And you can connect with both of us here. Jaden over here, you can connect with him at Mr. Jad J on Twitter and Instagram. And you can connect with Kevin at KLoops on Instagram and in the loop on Twitter. So, okay, we're going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to dive in. So stick around. All right, we are back. So first off, what is temptation, Jade? And we we don't we have to talk about what is the concept of temptation. Oh, you're gonna make me be the fucking nerd and tell you the no. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. No, no, I'll, I'll do it. it. I'll do it. You're making me the nerd. That's fine. According to the Oxford Dictionary, hold on, I gotta do my I gotta do my voice. <clears throat> According to the Oxford Dictionary, temptation means the desire to do something, especially when wrong or unwise. As well as a thing or course of action that attracts or, quote, tempts someone. Some of these things are synonymous with desire, impulse, pull, seduction, inclination, or urge. Some of these things we use to get this podcast greenlit. (laughs) I feel like we've heard these words before in Star Wars a lot. Yes. The pull to the dark side is the one I always, I think, is the one that people remember the most. The desire or Anakin impulse, you know. Seduced kind of by the dark yeah. side when he ceased to become Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So a lot of these a lot of these we've we've heard here before. Especially now in the dynamic of obviously Jedi and Sith, light dark users. We see both sides being tempted by something that or someone that leads them to the other side. And it's a great way to show that no matter what side of the argument that they're on there seems to always be something tempting the other uh kind of like you know the grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing yeah but before we start talking about both jedi and sith uh there's a question you'd like to propose right kevin yes now i was talking to sarah about this my wife and she said you know do you think that the jedi and sith mostly jedi because we see them the majority of them are jedi that we see but do you just think that the Jedi and Sith view the other side as tempting because that's what they're told, like, not to do? You know, is temptation to join the dark or light side, is that because of what the other has to offer? Or is it just because they're told, you know, that they shouldn't keep an open mind about the other side? You know, like, the dark side is a path to things unnatural and you shouldn't do that and all these things. Like, is that why it's tempting? Because you're told not to do it? Or is it tempting because it genuinely is something that tempts you? See, you bring up a very interesting point because we have we've seen a lot of Jedi being turned to the dark side, but not a lot of Jedi or Darksiders turning to the light and becoming a Jedi. You know, there's I mean, there's there's several stories of a of a Jedi who turns to the dark and then comes back to the light. Right. We've seen that. Yeah. You know, Kylo Ren. We've seen that with, with Darth Vader. We've seen that happen before, but we've never seen a pure dark side user or person who goes the other direction. And that would be very interesting to see. That might just be from the nature of we don't really see that many. There aren't as many Sith as there are Jedi in canon. You know, true. true. There was a lot in Legends like uh, Darth Revan is a great example of that. But again, he was a Jedi that was that turned to the dark side, then came back. We don't see many pure Sith users who go back into the light and that would be a very interesting thing to explore because you know there there might be a sith lord out there who's like i'm just tired of killing i would like to be someone who protects people for once yeah when we talk about our dark side users here uh some of which you've mentioned we are a little limited 
in who we can talk about because we again the storytelling of star wars is supposed to kind of showcase that the light side is necessarily the more in tune or i don't want to say correct argument but it but definitely the more relatable argument that you kind of morally feel like you want to be a part of whereas the dark side is the one where it's kind of i mean it's called the dark side it's not supposed to be like super like tempting for you as a story uh you know consumer but <laughs> like <laughs> so we don't see too many of, of that but uh i think it would be a really cool story element to see because it's like hey you know if the light side is so good wouldn't you want to see somebody who is evil switch sides to the light side and not yeah. somebody who fell like an actual like i'm not this is never going to happen but like somehow palpatine you know turns to the light side like that kind of shit you know like there are several uh legends examples of like darth vader getting redeemed for example yeah, which yeah, yeah. that's a great comic strip we don't really get to see the end of that but you know that might have been interesting to see him go forward and trying to redeem himself as a person in yeah, reality, yeah. he would have just been set up for war crimes trials. Let's be honest here. Anakin and his war crimes. Well, we don't see any Sith users who, you know, make that transition. We do see a lot of of non-Sith users who, you know, may, uh, for example, uh, the members of Inferno Squadron, you know, mm-hmm. well, two out of three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, make that make that jump uh, from the dark side to the light, you know, serving the Empire to then serving for the Rebellion. And one of them uh, was heavily influenced by luke skywalker when he went to go destroy uh the palpatine's hidden storehouse and he ran right he ran into luke skywalker and the two of them had this transformative journey together and luke kind of showed him uh how to you know the, the the ways that he could be a better person now the other thing though too to take into account here is the jedi and the sith started off on the same team Yes. Thousands and thousands of years ago. It was one group here. Don't forget that. We'll start with that. They were originally just force users. That's who they were. And I would I guess you could say temptation split them apart. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they're the the desire to explore the darker side of the force will always be a huge huge motivator for someone that who wants to acquire power for themselves you know the jedi like to believe that they are not in the in the game of seeking power and of control but if you think about it you know there's through their their abilities they are you know ascending and, and obtaining greater power just through a more mindful way of thinking versus the sith who are they're very much the kids who cheated off their buddy's homework. They are just like smashing and grabbing power. You know, they, they, they say that uh, Yoda even says the dark side is not more powerful. It's just easier, more seductive. You know, it's, it's easier to use your anger. Anger is a universal emotion that is easy to tap into. Whereas, you know, obtaining inner peace is not. Yeah. So speaking of inner peace, I guess we'll start off with the most notable of the group that we see being tempted, the Jedi. Or also, if you want to just throw in light side users, the Jedi 
I think they have many things that tempt them. Uh, I'd say from saving loved ones to, like you said, power or just trying to win at all costs. And I think throughout the movies and TV shows, we see multiple Jedi being tempted. Uh, and I guess uh, we, we'll start with a little list here of, of some notable Jedi that were tempted, what they were tempted for. Yep. Uh, what what drew them to to say, all right, let's let's uh, let's change my eye color. I'm going to get a full makeover, change the <laughs> lightsaber. We're going to do we're going to full on makeover. It's a new yeah, gonna me. bleed our bleed our kyber crystals. New year, new me. <laughs> so the most flawed Jedi by Jedi standards, I think that we can all agree would be Anakin Skywalker, the most un Jedi of the Jedi. You know, he started his training late, uh, as from his from an early age, has been consumed by fear of loss. He always worried about losing his first his mother, then Padme, then Ahsoka, then Obi Wan, then Padme again. Yeah, and that fear caused him to lose well all of them. We get to see throughout the Clone Wars just him come face to face with his own, uh, his fears and his uh, belief that, you know, he, he, from the second he was introduced into the order, he's been told you are the most powerful Jedi. You are, you know, you're, you're the chosen one. You're going to succeed. And I think that put a lot of pressure on him. Absolutely. And I think that that pressure aided in his un Jedi like actions that we see him take during the clone wars. I feel like it also added an ego, you know what I mean? Like, yes, be told absolutely. you are the best and the chosen one. You are special. Jedi are not supposed to be special. That's the whole point. You're not supposed to be special. You're no, it's not about be... you. It's about the good that the exactly. order can provide to the galaxy. Exactly. And being told that you are different than others, not necessarily in the context of, of you know, just everyone is special in their own way, that kind of stuff, but because he is a Jedi and he is supposed to be there to protect others for the greater good being yep. told that he is such a special special person when he doesn't get his way or if something is is going a way he doesn't deem necessary or way he wants it is it's going to change things he has to be correct because he's the special chosen one and we see this a lot in the clone wars you know he takes kind of liberty with his position or title you know he does things that are not very jedi like you know he there are some times where he does not take prisoners mm -hmm. he chooses to kill when no one's around mm -hmm. during his fight with obi-wan when he goes before he goes to see padme obi-wan tells him that his job is to defend not kill but anakin sees a battle as winning or losing his own ego and lust for power tempts him to win at all cost and yeah. in the end, we see it costs him his soul. Yeah. So I'd say Anakin is definitely the poster child for failed Jedi schooling, especially with the Obi-Wan TV show. When we see that fight before episode two begins and we see the lesson that he's being taught by Obi-Wan about, you know, winning isn't everything. You know, sometimes it's not about the battle. Sometimes it's about protecting other people. Sometimes yep. it's about getting all these people to safety and it's not about fighting this guy and beating him like he I, mercy. You know, he says in that in that fight, mercy is, you know, like it's not going to win. And Obi-Wan's like, bro, it's not about winning, dude. Like, it's not chill. about winning. 
So yeah, it Anakin hundred percent poster child. Now many people I would say view Obi Wan as this all serious follower of the Jedi code, right? However, he too had temptations that definitely would have led him astray, and I think have led him astray. You and I have had this conversation before, uh, but Qui-Gon, when Qui-Gon was murdered by Darth Maul, and you see just how, like, the anger and frustration of not being able to help him yes, set Obi-Wan off. I mean, we see him kind of trying to meditate like Qui-Gon. Like, Qui-Gon was chilling right meditating while he was fighting darth maul when when the uh the ray shields were going by right yep we see obi-wan like constantly like energized like frustrated he can't get through he's he's giving in to his annoyance that he can't help right and then obviously when when uh qui-gon dies we see obi-wan kind of fighting differently and that's because he is using his anger and frustration his sadness the loss of his master uh, he's using it to fight he pulls off that move that we all know about that if if it was you know if he was anakin he would have been dead like that's the thing like it worked uh because it wasn't expected because he is a jedi and that's not necessarily like a move that a jedi would do you know take those chances and do those things but he was so pissed and wanted to win that he kind of gave into that one would also say when uh him like teaching anakin that he is the chosen one he, he he was tempted by a prophecy he was tempted by wanting to believe in the chosen one yes he was tempted by by the belief that his master was not wrong yes he held qui-gon jinn up as a father figure and believed that, you know, this was his master's dying wish was that this boy should become a Jedi. But they never, he never really asked whether or not Anakin should be the Jedi that everyone believed. Like, you know, is this boy actually prophecy or is he a problem? Yeah. Yeah. And then we always, and you know, I feel like what we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the other big temptation in his life, the Duchess Satine. Yeah. But I would like to hold this up as an example of him staying true to his Jedi code because he was tempted, but he did not leave the order. He was so now, close he does to. Say, he does say if she had asked, he would have left the order. But that is a credit to Satine for knowing that that was not her place to ask that of him. She knew that she was part of the world of Mandalore and that he was part of the world of the Jedi. And I think that is, you know, a credit to her as a character for saying the duty that we both have must take precedent over the desire that we have. But now here's my question to you about that. Yeah. If she had wanted it, he would have done it. Do you think that it, it's just he was looking for an excuse not to? No, I don't think so. I think it was a very true thing where he, I think he and her both had the same thought of, and it's very, it's very, you know, it's one of the more beautiful and tragic stories of Star Wars is that both of them wanted to be together, but they knew to do that, they would have to give up their positions and they chose their positions over the love that they shared for one another. Oh, wait, you mean they didn't want to give up their power? 
they didn't want to give up the the not the power they didn't want to give up the belief that they were doing what they were supposed to do exactly i don't yep. think power plays into it for those care those two characters specifically yeah i agree i agree i only said that to try to like be a dick <laughs> like oh yeah you up and get you to say no because I, I really know. do think that like if duchess satine was you know she was removed from her power and she was just satine yeah. manager of kinko's she would manage the <laughs> hell out of that kinko's because she would feel like that's what she had to do same with Obi-Wan. If Obi-Wan had to become a grizzled detective in New Orleans, what? he would be a grizzled detective in New Orleans. What? Kinko's and then a detective? What is happening? Because that's what they do. That's that. They're like, this is my job. I'm going to do my job to the best of my abilities. Is that what you think of Mandalore? You think it's a Kinko's? Oh, God. I mean, it, they, they, <laughs> they share very similar qualities, if you think about it. Lots of, oh, lots of people yeah. in the building that don't want to be there that don't really have a, a set goal or clear admission. They used to be somewhere else and now they're here. <laughs> Nobody is at a Kinko's by choice. No one goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to head down to the Kinko's today. Oh my God. They are stuck there and they are miserable. <laughs> All right. So the last Jedi, um, I had to put this one in because I just, he's been coming up a lot lately in, more tv shows and comics and stuff like he they're Tales really of the jedi was a big was a yeah. big uh character development for it for him and i'm just gonna go by uh his more notable name that we all know count dooku um also known as darth Tyr tyrannus right tyrannus yes yes or tyrannus if you're a weird british person yeah he was manipulated his entire life so i will say this like he was tempted but it's one of those weird things where you know you always say the nature versus nurture argument that we've talked about multiple times like about clones and stuff but it's also if you think about it the concept of nobody is ever born evil you know mm -hmm. unless you're a telemarketer then you were born evil yeah i i don't want to say that he was born evil but i feel like from the beginning he was being raised and manipulated with it without even him knowing he was always going to be a pawn. I agree. The title of count is, I don't know if it's changed from, from legends, but uh, in legends, that was a, a title that was hereditary. And he actually gave up being a count to become a Jedi. So there was already that temptation there. You know, he was raised in high society and order. And then he was, you know, he was taken and given over to the Jedi order. And then when he, saw through what he believed was the lies of the Jedi and believed that uh, the Jedi Order was the biggest, you know, their, the Jedi Order and their bureaucracy was the biggest obstacle to true peace in the galaxy. He renounced his order and then became Count Dooku. And we see there, you know, there was the temptation there. He's been surrounded by the temptations of wealth his entire life. And he gave that up to become a Jedi. And he then realized that it wasn't much better. And he realized that like the power that he gave up to obtain the power of the Jedi Order still didn't satisfy him, which is why he went and explored a darker art of the dark side. And, you know, you see that in a lot of a lot of media and, a lot, and with people in the real life, real world where like they get power and then you go, you know, why are you what you have? Eighty billion dollars, Elon Musk. Why do you want eighty one billion dollars? And It's like, well, I want more power. Let's be real here. He was very disillusioned by the Jedi Order. He did not like where it was going he saw its flaws which we all know 
he was not incorrect about many of the flaws of the current Jedi Order. But by seeing the flaws of his order, he then, instead of trying to, I would say he tried to fix some of the flaws, but because he felt stuck, instead of trying to work harder at fixing them, he just said, fuck it, I'm going to look elsewhere for strengths outside of it, which naturally just, you know, led him to the dark side and then how that could be used. And I think he, his whole concept of structure and order you know, he wanted a more structured and ordered society because he came from that higher echelon of society, right? Where where that was deemed as, as you should have that. Of course, we need structure and order. That's the only way we could stay civilized. You know what I mean? Yeah. He also saw power, right, as a means of control um, and coming from his past. Power is how you control the masses. And like you said, money, I mean, even money, like rich, right? Being rich, you can control. That is power. Money is power, right? And when he looks at power, what is power in the force but the dark side? And so he's thought, okay, let me control the dark side of the force. I want it. I want to harness this power. And of course, it clouded his judgment and, you know, the view of himself as now he is going to be the one to maintain order it's like a it's like a domino effect of of temptation uh one thing tempts the next i think he's a perfect example of how of how that works of how you know well if i i committed one murder yeah and now i'm gonna go it's okay i can do it again and and then he just keeps doing it and then continues to like seek more and more and more we should explore Count Dooku on a later episode, but I've, I've always uh, thought that Count Dooku embodies the uh, the energy of the phrase, oh man, he thinks he's the main character. <laughs> yeah. Because right up until Anakin's hand, Anakin gives him, you know, slice off his freaking hands. He's thinking, oh man, I'm the main character of this story. Exactly. You're right. You really are right. I mean, he thought he was untouchable. Yeah. And the thing was, Palpatine made him that way. Palpatine pretty much like opened the door for him to to have that mindset. You know, if you think about it, he was for the three years of the Clone Wars right up until his death. He was the second most powerful person in the galaxy. Yeah. He had the Separatist Alliance like that was his. And it's kind of crazy. You know, they they almost. I've seen so many arguments on YouTube too, where it's like, what if the Separatists had just, or the the Sith had just done the war, you know, had just actually used the Separatists to try to crush the Republic? And I'm like, I mean, they weren't far off. Maybe that was like in the back of Palpatine's mind that was like, hey, that's a Plan B. They would have won, in my opinion. I think they would have won. They being the Republic? No. I think the Separatists had a really good chance. They they did without Palpatine sabotaging them at every fucking instance. Well, well, here's the thing. Both sides, right? What were they fighting with? This is a side note, but what were they fighting with? Clones and droids the majority of the time. Not actual, like, armies. Like, their actual armies. Yeah, their populaces were, were not deemed, uh, were, not, were not endangered by this war. Unless you're the Umbarans, then you're very endangered. Yeah, then you're fucked. But that's the thing is like they I think Palpatine manipulating everything. He was tempting everybody. Even the Jedi were tempted as a whole to. To maintain order, but 
that ends up leading them to maintain power. And so it was a way to manipulate the Jedi into thinking like, well, I'm a Jedi. I have to, I'm in charge, right? Like I'm a Jedi. And then that starts slowly planting the seeds of, of greed, the temptation of greed and power. Now, before we start getting into our other half of the force, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. So we mentioned a lot about the Sith tempting the Jedi to fall to the dark side, but we need to talk about a lot of the Jedi on this list, their return to the light after falling into becoming a Sith Lord. You know, a lot of times the Sith are, you know, consumed by the darkness. We look at like Count Dooku. He lived and died a Sith Lord. You know, like he, there was no redemption for him. He died as a Sith Lord. But there are some Jedi like Darth Vader. He was tempted to join the light side again. And the, the themes that we're seeing with them, you know, it seems to be a lot of it. Well, at least for, for Darth Vader, love, the love of his children. You know, he was reminded that being a Jedi, uh, you can love and care for, and it doesn't lead to desperation. He's seeing that uh, the kindness and hope and the strength in Luke, when Luke stands up to Emperor Palpatine and says, I am a Jedi like my father before him, that shows him that, hey, you can stand up and you can come back from the darkness at any time. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of Jedi or a lot of Sith that are redeemed, they see that, uh, you know, whatever you do, you can come back from as long as you believe that there is hope. I think hope is the biggest, like, I, I, I almost want to call it a Sith disinfectant. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Sith antiviral, which is hope. Ray. It's like, no, get back, get back. Bottle take, of hope. take two and call me in the morning. <laughs> and I think that's what also drives Jedi to fall too, you know, loss of hope. And when you get hope, then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you mean I could, there is hope out there. I can, I can do it. I can save somebody and, and it's okay. You know, I, I, I look at Luke too, after the prequels, after we've seen the prequel movies too, and now especially Clone Wars is Anakin also saw not just himself in, in Luke, but he also saw Padme because what was Padme? That's what gets me is Padme was almost the embodiment of hope and love. And when Anakin lost those things, he also lost her. And yep. so when he sees these qualities in his own children, it reminds him of what he lost and what he needs to regain. And especially for Anakin, I would say that that love and hope and care for others is what brought him back 100%. Still the poster child for for royal Jedi fuck-ups, but still he <laughs> definitely came back. Well, if you want to create a new empire, you got to break a few younglings, you know? Yeah. Now, another person who is actually a dark side user originally who very much gave our fun friends Anakin and Obi-Wan a lot of grief and was a disciple of Count Dooku was Asajj Ventress. And don't forget, Asajj was a Jedi herself once upon a time. Corrupted, if you will, tempted yes. by Count Dooku. 
And she was corrupted by loss, actually, the loss of her master. She was raised as a slave, rescued by a Jedi, trained in the Jedi arts. Her master was killed in front of her, which led her to fall into despair because this was the person that raised her and kept her safe in her formative years. So she became an assassin. And that's when she was scooped up by Count Dooku, who took her on as her apprentice. And we see throughout the Clone Wars, you know, she's, she's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag in terms of the victories that she has as Dooku's apprentice. Yeah. More, more L's than W's is she eating. She definitely struggles a bit, and I honestly think that the L's help fuel her rage. Yes, uh, until uh, Palpatine himself sees her as a challenge to his authority and orders Dooku to uh, do away with her, which Dooku complies with because Dooku is Palpatine's little bitch boy. And uh, she survives the assassination attempt, thankfully. Uh, But that leads her to, she was kind of forced out of the dark side, to be honest. It wasn't really, that wasn't really her choice to leave. It was more of just her being like, well, uh, guess I'm not allowed in that clubhouse anymore. Yeah, but also she does end up falling in love. That's true. She falls in love with one Quinlan Voss. Yes, a Jedi. Uh, I, I, I hold him up as uh, there's a there's a little club that I, I love to talk about with George Lucas, and it's the Jedi that George Lucas can't seem to want to kill club. Yeah, the dude's a badass. He's got he's like Anakin Skywalker badass. It's it's Quinlan Voss, right? It's Shock T. Uh, I, I now say Ahsoka Tano. I know that wasn't George Lucas's fault. It's more Dave Filoni, but like as he's. Sins of the father. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know if you know, there's a side note about Shock T. Shock T died about 12 times in the uh, in the uh, Revenge of the Sith before George Lucas decided, eh, I'll do it off screen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, getting back to uh, Asaz Ventress, she kind of, after leaving Dooku's service, she kind of, you see a bit of a redemption from her because she kind of realizes, hey man, I'm hard, but I'm not that hard. <laughs> That's what she you, said. Yes, she gets to see she gets to explore like like the kinder, gentler side of herself that she never really allowed herself to explore ever since the day her master was killed in front of her. You know, we see her. She begins to she becomes a bounty hunter. She, you know, befriends little Boba Fett. uh, Starts making friends with other bounty hunters. And she uh, eventually, you know, starts to realize that she can be something besides a killer. And I would say she doesn't necessarily 100% renounce her Sith ways, but is somebody who is no longer consumed by it. Uh, Yet again, she is tempted by the love and friendship of others and realization that power is not everything. Now, the last one I wrote because I found it very interesting because... It was one person that everybody loves to talk about constantly who has tempted Obi-Wan multiple times and I think is one of the most interesting characters in Star Wars. And that's Maul, Darth Maul. Yes. He, we all know the story of Darth Maul. He was Palpatine's apprentice, got his shit rocked, and then kind of started going off on his own after he was abandoned by Palpatine. Easy way to put it right there. 
but then he wants to still gain power right he he does he he still is consumed by the want for revenge and the want for power i i want to real quick i want to touch on when you said that he was abandoned by palpatine because you're not wrong you know palpatine goes out of his way to mandalore to like kick his shit in and kill his brother and then you know keeps him in a facility and is like torturing him and then the mandalorians break him back out and palpatine just kind of goes eh that'll sort itself out i assume yeah yeah he doesn't even try to recapture him he just goes i'm not i'm done with you i'm busy i'm busy over here well when i say abandoned as well i also mean like you know you're done kid like I'm over your shit. And then to, to be fair, you know, the first time he was abandoned by Palpatine, you know, after he was presumed dead on yep. Naboo, he was just kind of like, I mean, dude got cut in half. There's no way he's alive. Right. Narrator. He was because Star Wars, because Star Wars science, because they had a really good healthcare system. Well, I was going to say the man was too angry to die. Yeah, he really was. That's literally that. That was the explanation they gave us. And I'm like, all right, Dave, that's fine. You wanted Darth Maul in. We, everybody, every man, woman, and child upon seeing Darth Maul in episode one said, man, I wish we got more of that guy. And they said, I have granted your wish. And then, and then you just hear Darth Maul screaming, Felone! Yeah. And then he said, any more requests? And they said, no more Martina sisters. And he said, no. <laughs> you will get another episode of them in Bad Batch, and you will like it. So, when it comes to Maul, Maul ends up becoming the ruler of Mandalore. And just like Obi-Wan, which I find to be hilarious, the the man he's trying to get revenge on, he starts having a really nice relationship with Duchess Satine. I don't know if nice is the way I would describe it, but sure. Well, we'll say nice relationship in terms of it makes him, he has a connection with her, and it makes him start thinking a little bit differently than he did before. He's not really a Sith, but, you know, like, he's still he's still a dark side user, right? Kind of like how Ahsoka leaves the Jedi, but she's still a light side user. And after forming this connection with her, he kind of begins to question his own goals, and even his past. He starts, like, kind of reviewing himself. So much so that he does contemplate an alliance with the Jedi Order. And and in his way, he kind of sees it as like, okay, for the sake of justice and peace. And it's like, wait a minute, hold the fuck <laughs> on. It, I, I find that a character so angry, he won't die. And so filled with rage and revenge for not just Obi-Wan, but then eventually Palpatine could just all of a sudden... For a girl, another another girl that he he has met that is also the bay of his sworn person he's gonna get revenge on. He's like, mm, you know, yeah, you know, maybe maybe I should partner with these guys. Maybe, maybe maybe that might be the right idea. Yeah, yeah. What? I find it to be just so out of left field that it works. And I, and even when he dies, right? Even when Maul dies, it's not even him necessarily being a Sith or even super dark side user anymore. The the dance he has, I will say it, the dance, the dance yep. he has with Obi-Wan is 
completely different than what it was the years prior. Even when he dies, he's not consumed by hatred, rage, or even revenge. He's like literally at peace. Yeah. Being held I, by the his one. His suffering who, is over. His suffering's over. He's being held by the one that he swore revenge on for basically almost the entirety of his life. Yep. And he realized that he failed, but then but yeah. then I think there's the 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 wheels started turning at the end for him, which is why he says, you know, the one you're protecting is he the chosen one. And Obi-Wan says, uh, yes, until Disney says no. Yeah. And then he says, fuck, and then he dies, and then the rest of us die too. Well, think about it though. When he's being held, what does Obi-Wan give him? He gives him hope. Yeah. He gives him hope that that everything was that everything that is happening is going to be worth it. He gives him hope, and that is, I want to say, that was the moment when the true moment when Maul was like at peace, and I, I, I want to say one with the Force, if you will, because he no longer. I think he let go of all of his anger and hatred yep. right then and there. So I have questions for you, Jaden. I have many questions for you about this. Now that we've gone over all of this, mm -hmm. do you think that the Jedi are more prone to temptation or is it just because, for instance, I will say Jedi, we'll say Jedi now, but yeah. do you think the Jedi are more prone to temptation or is it just because we follow Jedi stories more? So this was a very interesting question when you posed it in our discussions before the show, because... Honestly, I'm be, I'm very interested to see what uh, the new show Star Wars Acolyte is going to be like because that one yeah. is from a Sith perspective. Yeah. So this this question might get answered in that uh, in terms of like how how hard is how easy is it for Sith to fall to the temptation of the light side? It'd be very easy for me to say you know oh no that we've only ever seen it from the Jedi side that's why. But you've got to remember Yoda himself in Episode Five says the dark side is easier more seductive. So I think when you think about that, it's if, if the path to power is easier to go to the dark side, it's, you know, that the Jedi are probably naturally more easily swayed than the dark side is. Hmm. Do you think the Jedi are more swayed or are at least more easily swayed because they are constantly told no because the Sith are not necessarily told, no, don't use the light side. They're not necessarily told that. They're just told that, well, our our side's better because it's more powerful. Like, duh, duh power, don't, isn't that what you want? Do you think that the Jedi are more easily swayed because they are, it is so taboo to them that it's even more tempting? You know, actually, no. I think that the nature of the dark side being the more uh the easier path is what tempts people i think necessarily okay. you know n not necessarily saying just being like oh don't do it don't do it you naughty boys don't do it that's not really that makes the jedi shallow and dumb and i don't think that's what they are i know there are people out there who there's a lot of jedi hate out there oh yeah but i i don't think that that necessarily is the end all be all i think that the jedi order the, the morals that it's subscribed to are the more difficult path. And I think that that in and of itself is a challenge to a lot of people. You know, you, no one, no one out there can, can say that they're a wholly good person. 
you know, that that's what people, you know, strive to be is a better person. And that's a hard thing to do. To be a good person all the time is a hard thing to do. And I think that, you know, the Jedi saying, yes, but it's worth it if you put in the work. So I counter that with, I think it's easier to be a good person than it is to be a bad person. I see now in terms of the force, obviously, yes, the dark side is, is easier um, to give into, but I actually genuinely think to be, uh, I know this sounds so stupid, but it, it is, I think it's easier to be nice to people, for instance, than it is to be a hateful piece of shit. Cause that's, that can be ex- being hateful and stuff. is just so exhausting. If anything, the dark side and, and being, angry and hateful you know it, it it uh i think palpatine turning into the the gremlin he becomes <laughs> really you know at gave, gave him water uh after midnight or whatever after dark i just think like he that does it genuinely t- changes you hatefulness and all that stuff it takes its toll on people look at people who are hateful in the world and they are they look like fucking garbage because they're just they the hatefulness comes out and then you look at guys like paul rudd and they just have a beautiful soft complexion after 55 (laughs) years on this earth yes but i'm i think it may be a contributing factor like being taboo is definitely a contributing factor of like it is being told it's tempting is one thing that i think in the psychological sense would would make somebody think that but yeah i definitely would like to explore this question more throughout um just more discussions in general because i especially with the new show coming out it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see now my other question for you is do you think love or we'll we'll, we'll say hope we'll throw that in there and and the connection to others do you think that that is the true temptation that can sway both sides because in the examples we gave those are the contributing factors to why people are switching sides or at least being tempted to to switch sides. Now, whether it be, I have love for Padme, I'm going to do everything I can to protect her. And then it gets, that's the temptation. And then it kind of, you know, goes off the rails from there. But then also, well, I also have love for Padme and look at my child and, oh my God, what have I done? It swaps me back to wanting to protect those people. And I, I was wrong and I can care for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think hope is the one I kind of mentioned and alluded to this earlier in the podcast, but I think hope is the biggest pendulum that can swing someone one way or the other. You know, you can, you see even in our own world, uh, you know, if, if a city has no hope, they'll surrender a lot faster than a city who believes relief is coming. Yeah. And I think that 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 the lack of hope or the lack of faith in the light side is what churns a lot of people to the dark side. You see that with the Saws of Entrus, you know, the 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 hope and the the life that her master gives her, and then when he's taken from her, it takes away her hope and takes away her love. And I think that takes her down. And I think that yeah. you know that's a great way to look at just. Both sides have equal measure in hope. The Jedi use it as a source of strength, whereas the Sith use its absence absence as a source of strength. I would agree with that. I think hope, and I, I will throw love in there, because I think 
when it comes to love, there's also hope in there. I think, I think they're just, they kind of go together. Um, you know, when you have hope to protect your friends, it's because you love your friends or when you have hope to protect your city, it's because you love your city. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I, I throw them in together. I think they're a pair just like the yin and yang dark and light side. I find hope and love to be a pair that can draw you to or tempt you to both sides. So final thoughts on temptation, Jaden. I'm curious, what do you think? Do you think that temptation is definitely a uh, a big storytelling element in Star Wars? Absolutely. Otherwise, uh, I don't know what we were just recording the last hour and a half. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, my final thoughts are definitely like temptation. They do it so well. These writers are really, really good. Uh, pay them more. Um, as the writer strike is going on um yeah they, the temptation is definitely i think what is natural for a lot of people um in the real world you know it's it's it, it's a natural storytelling element and i think it's it makes us human temptate we're tempted by things every single day and not necessarily i'm not talking about killing younglings or you know invading the <laughs> capital or anything like that um but temptation is there and i think that's for storytelling i think that's one of the things that make us human is storytelling and i think that really makes sense to use one of the most important and most viable things that we see every day and what are we tempted by ourselves love and hope so i would agree with you on that well that about wraps it up we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please take a second to rate and review us on apple podcasts it really helps grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram at the Lost Cantina Pod and Twitter at the Lost Cantina. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.